0: Hey, hey, welcome to Queer Street. And y'all, this week is the 10th episode. We're in double digits. That's like a birthday or a milestone or anniversary or some shit like that. So woohoo! Anywho, so this week we are gonna be talking about book number 10, obviously, in the Fair Street series called Ski Weekend. And y'all, I said this last week, and you know, it's one of my favorite tropes is a locked room mystery, you know, where you have you know, like a certain number of people and they're all in one place and nobody can get out and nobody can get in. And then somebody does. And so, you know, somebody there has done it. My favorite and like probably one of the most, well, most well-known, like of this trope would be like Agatha Christian. Um, and then there went on or Tindallin Inns, whatever you want to call it, because it's been called a couple of things. And um, this is just, it's one of my favorite books of hers. And you've got Murder on the Orange Express, which is also that way. And it's just, oh, uh, I just love it. And, um, a lot of these books tend to take place at like ski resorts or places, I guess, because, you know, like there's snow and you get snowed in, I guess that's an easy way to trap people no matter what. Oh, I need a drink. (laughs) But also I think, um, one thing that's also scary about like being snowed is like often like, yeah, I guess you could have with any kind of storm, you lose power, you lose connection, you know, you lose phone. So it kind of makes it like isolation, which is a key to the, you know, um, locked room kind of, trope, but I love it. And so this is the first time that Mr. Stein does this and it does not flop. I enjoy this pretty well. So let's get right to it. So on the cover we have four people. Okay. And they're in like, they're in these very nice early nineties colored um, sweaters, you know, like skiing clothing. There's some skis and some ski boots and they're kind of like, Oh, looking out the window and there's a man with a ski mask on oh oh my gosh now this is directly from the story because you've got your main character right here and this is the scene from the book except the skis weren't there but you know they had to tie it in so the little tagline the front says it was a perfect setting for murder which i mean again is ringing true it is a good setting for murder i mean it's it's not they're not lying he's not lying here on the back though the blurb is good it says red in little i'm doing air quotes parentheses no, not parentheses. Damn it. I even teach this shit. Um, What do you call them? Quotation marks. Red, Porter, was a stranger they'd met on their ski weekend. But Ariel Monroe, Doug Marr, and his girlfriend Shannon Harper were grateful he was there when they set out for home on the icy roads. Thank heaven for Red. He spotted the hilltop lodge when they were stranded by the blizzard. He took charge when they stumbled into the strange surroundings, scared, tired, and looking for refuge. But can he save them when their refuge becomes a trap? Suddenly, their hosts are acting very sinisterly. Doug's car is gone and the phones are dead and the house is full of guns. If they steal one, maybe they can escape until a shot is fired and the real terror begins. Now that is a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty damn good rundown of like the first mm, 75% of the book. (laughs) But it's so true. I love it. And I love how, for whatever reason, Stein and on these covers, they always give the person's full name. Like, it really does not matter that we know their last names, but I love knowing them. And of course, her name is Ariel. I even forgot to tell y'all, y'all, I'm so discombobulated. Here it is, 10th episode, you think I'd know my own format. I even have the notes here. This book came out January, I'm going to backtrack, you know, because I can't, it's my show, but um, backtrack, (laughs) January 1st, 1991. So we are now in a new year, happy new year. January 1st. What better story than to be talking about being uh, snowed in and skied. Um, it comes in about at 165 pages, so a little bit longer than the normal, about, you know, 10, 15 pages longer. But um, it is good. It's good. So that's the blurb in the cover. We're going to get right into it. So we've got, like we said, Doug, Ariel, and Shannon, our three main characters. Ariel, um, it's first person, so Ariel is the one narrating this. And they're driving home from a ski weekend and it's um they're talking about how doug is driving crazy he's kind of a blowhard he's kind of a dick and um he's showing off but it's like snowing coming down it's like pouring it's pouring snow i don't know what does it happen when it snows a lot coming down snow it doesn't pour what the hell i don't know it doesn't snow here well except for this year you know we had that crazy weather but um anywho but they also mentioned that um they're all there coming home but instead of um, Ariel's boyfriend Randy. They have a stranger named Red. Well, backtrack a little bit. We find out that they took a long weekend. I guess they were on they, on holiday from school. They took a long weekend to go skiing at Pine View Lodge, okay, to get away from Shady Side. You know, to get away from the 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 you know humdrum lives, the stress of murders and ghosts and whatnot that happens in Shady Side. And so they go away and. Uh, as they as they're you know just enjoying their trip randy just springs on them that he wants to leave early to make it to um, not miss a basketball game and now come on randy you dipshit why did you even agree to go on this trip if you were going to miss this basketball game i mean what what the hell i mean you 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 knew about it anyway i randy i don't know he's an ass but he's not here so anyway so they're arguing in the restaurant randy and ariel I, first of all, she is my favorite little mermaid. So I love the fact that her name is in this book. I and mean, she's my favorite little mermaid. Hell, she's my favorite Disney princess. <laughs> she's my favorite Disney princess. And she's also my favorite little mermaid. You know, Aurora and all her little sisters are, you know, whatever. But um, now I'm singing that song in my head, you know, where it's like, da, da, uh-huh. oh, I'm not going to do it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so Randy and Ariel are getting into it, this argument at the restaurant when, uh, because he wants to leave and she doesn't have a good time. Red comes over just like the stranger is like, Hey, is everyone okay? Just kind of sticks his nose in their business really. And, and Randy kind of gets flustered storms off and comes to find him. That asshole just takes the bus home. He just up and leaves them. So you know what? Ariel's like, whatever, screw you. We're going to have fun. So the three of them hang out with red. He's their age, you know, and um, they're having a, the last like day, you know, skiing and whatnot. And he asked him to give him a ride home to Brockton. So, they did. I mean, he was nice. He, he got of, you know, hung out with them. So they're going to take him home. It's on the way back to Shadyside. So, but the snow, like I said, it's pouring down or whatever it's doing, snowing. And then the car starts to spin and they just keep driving. And then red suggests, you know what, maybe we should take these country roads instead of these big, you know, um, instead of these big, uh, free instead of the big main roads. Why? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how to drive in snow. I've never driven in snow, but it doesn't seem to me like you would want to go off on little country lanes, but whatever, Red. I mean, I, you do you, boo. So they're going down this road. A big old truck passes them and the car stalls. The engine's overheated. They're panicking. Okay. They're like, oh my gosh. And, and like, aside from the fact that, you know, like it's snowing and they don't have cell phones because it's 1991. Um, they're really worried, especially Ariel that, you know, our Shannon, I believe that their moms, their parents are going to be mad that they're like, late getting back. Who knows? You know, so just wait, you know, there, things are going to get a lot worse than you just being late for dinner people. So red sees this house up on the hill. He's like, Oh, let's go there. It looks like a large house or a ski lodge. He's like, we'll go use their phone. We'll call for help. We'll call to get the car towed or whatever. So they go there and this big old like burly door, not dorky, but like, like a lumberjacky kind of like guy named Lou, his last name is Lou Hitchcock. In case you went in, because we always find out their, name, their last names. Um, Lou Hitchcock opens the door and he welcomes them in. He's there with his girlfriend Eva. This is their place. They're from Vermont, but um, they're they're here. You know, they were they just came down here. you know it's like their vacation home so he's like this there's big enough room to stay here the weather's getting bad that they're not going to be able to plow the roads until tomorrow so why don't you all stay here so the, the kids agree you know even though they're nervous they go to call their parents it's staticky but they can't get through so um you know there is just rings and rings but the phone service is going in and out So, you know, they're, they're just getting nervous. So the roads are going to need to be plowed. So they decide, okay, what, you know, at least we're here, at least we're safe. So then they're all just sitting there, you know, drinking some coffee and relaxing, trying to, you know, calm down and Lou's talking about being a hunter shows up all these guns and says, Hey, maybe we should go hunting later. And so they're just, he's just kind of a blowhard, just a real big tool. So I'm so thirsty. Excuse me. Oh my gosh so he, you know he's just kind of a yeah, you know you just don't like him you know he's just that he's that loud big jerk guy you know you know the kind you know so um so ariel goes into the kitchen to help eva make some tea but eva doesn't seem to know where anything in the kitchen is and so that kind of strikes her as funny You know, she's like, why would you not know where things are? But she brushes it off and they heard this loud gunshot. Turns out that was obviously a chapter cliffhanger. Turns out it's not a gunshot, but a mousetrap. Now, either that is one weak ass gunshot or that's one hell of a mousetrap. Because I would, I maybe I would, I don't know. Maybe I would mistake a mousetrap for a gunshot, but I don't know. It just seems like those would be sounding very different. But who, you know, when was the last time I was snowed in in a ski lodge. I don't know. Never the answers. So that kind of freaks everybody out because was a loud noise. We find out that Doug and Ariel were childhood friends. They kind of like got a brother-sister relationship going on here. And he asked her about Red. He's like, um, what do you think about Red? Are you seem kind of like you're flirting with him? And she's like, no, my boyfriend's Randy, even though he's a jerk. And he left us. And they hear this loud noise. Well, I guess a big tree limb has fallen through the porch roof because it was way down by snow. So the guys go out to fix it and move it. And Shannon says the same thing about Ray. She's like, oh my gosh, you interested in him? Oh my gosh, he's so cute, you know? And once again, she's like, no. And then so Lou comes back in and he's wearing this jacket that's kind of too small for him. And Ariel notices that there's ski lift tickets on it. Now I get, oh, it's raining. Um, <laughs> It's really pouring down snow. No, just kidding, it's raining. Um, And so I've never ridden, I've never been skiing. So I don't know if you get like tickets, you stick them on your jacket. I don't know what the hell this is. It's like some kind of like, you collect them like a charm bracelet. I don't know. But so she notices that because later on he says, we haven't been skiing in forever. And she's like, but he had all those lift tickets. So she's like, okay, that's getting weird. You know, so she's noticing all these things and she's getting tired. She's like, maybe I'm just, you know, where I'm stressed. It was a long day. We almost died. You know, we're trapped. So she goes to bed she wakes up in the middle of the night. She hears the front door closing. And so she sneaks out to see, and she can't see anything. It's dark. And then she hears people, some, some footsteps coming up the stairs. Turns out it's red and he couldn't sleep. And he said he couldn't sleep because he heard Lou and Eva fighting in the room next door. And he, he's pretty sure that Lou hit her. And he's like, what should we do? And she's like, I don't know. You know, he seems kind of crazy. And Red's like, yeah, he seems really crazy. You know, they're like, well, maybe just leave him alone, you know? And then all of a sudden Lou kisses her you know, as they're you know, just trying to figure out what to do. And she's kind of like, oh, that's nice. You know, she's feeling it, but then she's like, oh, wait a minute, I have a boyfriend, even though my boyfriend's an asshole. She's like, oh, no, I can't, you know, I have a boyfriend. So she goes back to bed. The next morning, the snow has stopped, great news. She comes downstairs, they're having this big old lumberjack breakfast, which I, that's not what they call it. And they don't really talk about what it is, but I envision it being like a big, you know, like eggs and bacon. I don't know what a lumberjack eats. Do they eat those things like steak? Whenever I go to like IHOP or Denny's, and, you know, they have like the steak breakfast. I'm like, who eats? I know, I'm sure obviously a lot of people do, but I don't, I'm not a big steak person, period, but I'm definitely not a steak for breakfast. Like, who's going to sit there and eat like a big 10 ounce steak with eggs and all the other breakfast food in the morning? My God, if I ate that in the morning, I'd just have to go back to sleep. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I mean, anyway, steak for breakfast, ugh. It does not seem like a breakfast food to me, whatevs. But they're having this big breakfast and Lou's like, you know, the, the snow has stopped, the plows should be out. Why did not you just, you know, just relax, we'll wait till the plows come out. Cause they're all like, well, let's get ready to leave. And he's like, no, we are let's wait for the plows to come out. Um, he's like, why don't you go outside, enjoy the snow, you know, go play with snowballs. Um, Okay, we're not five, but the kids, they all go. They're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And so they go outside and and um, they notice that the car is missing. Okay, and hmm, they go down to see it has fallen down the side of the gorge. They cannot figure out why or how that happens. But so they go back up to call a tow truck. Well, now the phones are dead. Doug is really pissed about the phones being out, like super pissed. Okay, he's like, well, now we're not, you know, how how we're we gonna get the kids? And so the kids are freaking out. They're like, well, the plows will be out, and so um, you know. We'll go play snowballs for a while, play snowballs, play with snowballs, snowball fight. That's the word I was looking for for a while. And then we'll, you know, we'll get packed up. He's like, well, I've got a Jeep in the barn. Let me finish cleaning up. Y'all go pack and go play and have fun. And, and after I get done, we'll go. So they go out there playing snowballs, yada, yada, yada. And then they go get their stuff. They go to get the Jeep. And Ariel notices that the plates are from Alabama, not Vermont, which is where um, Lou has said they're from. So she, again, thinks that's kind of weird, you know, she's making note of all these things, but the bitch don't tell anybody, you know, she's just, you know, she's having all of these red flags, all of these second thoughts, but she's just keeping it to herself, you know, open your mind. If you see something, say something, Ariel, come on. I know it's 1991, but let's go. So. So they give in the Jeep, Jeep's dead though. And they're like, well, shit, they don't say that, but you know, that's what they're thinking. So they go back into the house and um red stays outside to try to get the jeep fixed and so now everybody's on edge the phone's not working it's starting to snow a little bit again lose a jerk nobody wants to be trapped in a ski lodge being snowed in with no phone service with an asshole that's just not what you want to do so um they're getting well i guess we'll eat some lunch they are just all sitting there shooting the shit talking whatever so they're going to get some lunch so eva goes upstairs to get um eva or eva i'm sorry What's her face? Ariel goes upstairs to get Eva and finds her on the bed and she thinks she's dead, but she's really just napping. Like, I mean, okay, she's laying there, but I, I mean, I would never jump to solution, like, or jump to a solution, jump to a conclusion. <laughs> it's late, y'all. It's late. I can't complain though, because I did not go to, to work today because I had to go take my ESL certification test. And so I had most, of the day, the rest of the day off after that. So I did take a nap. I did read and i did cross-stitch and i watched some golden girls and watched some the crown so i can't complain but i'm still tired you know it is you know it is what it is but back to the story not that you cared about that but now you know and i know you care so you don't have to say it so um i don't know why she thinks that you know eva's dead but eva's not dead so they go back downstairs eat lunch they're playing cars there's nothing to do they're still waiting for the the plows to come by when ariel looks outside and she sees a man in a ski mask right at the window she freaks the fuck out, but then he's disappeared. Red comes back in. Nobody, She. they're like, did you see anybody out there? And he's like, no. And so they're looking, they look outside. They don't go outside, but they look outside. Can't find him anywhere. Red's upset because he's, the Jeep's not working. And um, then they're all just sitting there talking and, and, Lou comments about how Doug is in shape or whatever. I don't know if he's hitting on him or just being a jerk. And Doug mentions that he's on the wrestling team and Lou, you know, being the asshole that he is that big burly, you know, probably white Republican asshole. Not that I'm judging. Um, it uh, challenges him to um, a, like a, a little wrestling match or whatever, because he used to be, well, obviously he starts as playful, but you know what? Lou's an asshole. And Doug is a bit of a competitive asshole himself as well. So it turns serious. They're really like starting to wrestle. Lou hurts Doug. Lee. He's like, oh, it's broken, but he's just a big old weenie. Cause it's not broken. It's probably just like pulled. So, um, but then like, as they recover that red confronts Aaron, he's like, y'all, we need to meet upstairs. Come meet me upstairs in a few minutes. We need to talk. So they all go up there and red tells them that Lou is crazy, which no shit, Sherlock, we already done been knowing that. So, um, He's like, we need to leave. I overheard um, them talking to Eva. They're going to rob us and leave us here abandoned. And they're like, whoa. And Red's like, that's not it. Let me show you what I found under my dresser drawer in the room I was staying in. Some pictures and some frames of some people. They don't know who the hell they are. They're like, these must be the owners of the house. This is not, you know. And so now, now finally Ariel starts to put you know, two and two together and the bitch is hopefully going to get four. But now she's talking about, okay, this makes sense about, she talks about the jacket and the kitchen, um, even not knowing where things are in the kitchen and about, you know, um, and why the license plate on the Jeep doesn't match. So now now she says something, but you, you could have done that earlier, but whatever. And so they're like, We don't, we need to sneak out. We'll go out late at night. We need to get out of here because we don't know what they're going to do to us. So they're on their way out late at night. Red stops to get a gun for protection. Doug gets one too because he's a macho idiot and he has to because, oh, look at me, I got a gun. So they sneak out really quietly and they get into the barn and as they get into the, the Jeep, they see, oh, 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 I know what you're thinking. I skipped over a part. They're like, why? The Jeep wouldn't start. Red uh red apparently fixed the Jeep, lied so Lou wouldn't know it was fixed. So there you go. So they get into the Jeep and they see a figure standing there with a gun. It's Lou. Well, all of a sudden, and that was the end of a chapter. Blam, gunshot goes off. Lou goes down. Doug's like, I think I accidentally shot him. They go check, but it's not Lou. But the dude is dead. So Doug's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. And then suddenly Ariel recognizes this man um not only is it not lou but it is the guy that was in the picture that red found in his dresser drawer bum 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 crazy shit, right so then lou appears about behind them and says what have y'all done you've killed jake eva's brother that's another chapter um cliffhanger which you know mr stein bravo to you you're good at that you're good at those little cliffhanger chapter cliffhanger thingies, I just love it. So everybody's like, well, was it him in the window we saw? So Lou freaks out, confronts them, your murders. Is this what you did? You came here to break in my house and kill us and yada, yada, yada. So he orders them back in the house, right? He's like, we're, we're gonna call the police as soon as the phone comes back up. And so like, who who is this Jake guy? If it's Eva's sister, why, why are you here? What's going on? Everybody's confused now. You know, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Even kind of as the reader, you really don't know what the hell's going on. Cause I guess, one downfall of this book is it kind of is like a little slow in some parts, but, um, I guess it kind of lends itself to being like that claustrophobic trapped in like the thing, the, the house feeling like where, you know, there's not much to do, you're bored, you know, because like not very much happens over the whole course of this book, but anyway, it works. So, um, uh, they're sitting there talking, you know, they're, They're uh, freaking out and Ariel has a thought and she's telling the rest of the kids that she needs to go check on the Jake's body because she noticed there wasn't a ton of blood when he was shot. But she can't do it now, obviously, because Lou, there's no way Lou will do it. So she's like, okay, what, you know, there wasn't. So she plans secretly to go down there later at night when everybody's asleep. And she does that. She goes down there. She goes all the way down to the cellar where um, Lou and Red pulled, his body. And she, uh, she sees him that, yeah, there's, she examines his body. There's not hardly any blood. She's like, something's going on here. She hears footsteps behind herself. It's red. So she's like, we've got to get back up and tell the others. She's like, I think I figured out what goes on. So they go upstairs to Doug and Shannon. She's like, I think what happened is that was obviously Jake, we saw, but he was already dead. He was leaning up against a post. Clearly, we've been set up by Lou. Lou killed this guy for whatever reason. And now they're going to call the police, making them think that we did it. So we have to leave here. We have to sneak out again. I mean, because it didn't go well the first time. Learn your lesson, people. But, um, and we have to beat them to police, tell them the real story. So now they just pell-mell ran downstairs, To run, either they don't care that it's late, they don't care that they're gonna make noise and wake up Lou and Eva. They're just gonna run out of the house, and suddenly Red's missing, and he comes out behind them um, of the house with a gun, and they're like, "We don't need a gun. We're just gonna go." He's like, "Oh, this isn't for to protect us. This is for y'all." He's like, "Because Lou and I worked too hard on this plan. I can't let you kids fuck it up." Bomb, bomb, bomb! Yeah, that's right. So that was the end of a chapter. And so, in the next chapter, he confesses he recruited them at the ski lodge. He kind of, you know, had been scouting them out. Um, creepy, right? That's totally creepy. So, um, he forces them back inside where there's Lou. And he, um, they tell Lou, "We know everything." And Lou's like, "Yep, okay, you know everything. We kill. I killed him. You know that was Red and the ski mask. He's like, "Oh, now you know too much." Basically, I have to kill you. He's like, "But that's not the only problem we have, Red." Eva is having second thoughts too. She's getting all sentimental about her brother. And here where we have another bombshell, Red's all like, I understand he was my brother too. <gasps> yes. I know, right? So, um, so but but Red's like, but you did have to kill him. I don't, you know, I I I don't, I'm still gonna go along with the plan, yada yada, yada. So they're just like you know, just talking about this. So basically the kids are freaking out. They don't know what's going on. Eva comes out and says, I can't do this anymore. I've called the police. They're on their way. Well, clearly, you know, Lou is going to lose his shit. He he's just gets pissed. They start arguing. And that's when Ariel sees the uh, the snowballs that they were playing with the day before. And they were overnight. They're frozen. So she picks up one, throws it, Hits uh, Lou right in the forehead. All hell breaks loose. They start to fight. Doug, Shannon, Ariel run for the Jeep. They get there, realize that Red has the keys. And now Lou and Red are coming. There's no way out. They're trapped in this garage. So Ariel sees this snowmobile, gets on it, and it works. So she tells, um, she tells Doug and Shannon to, and this is the part of the book. I love this part of R.L. Stein's books. This is where shit starts to like pick up pace and it goes off the rails, y'all. It just gets crazy. So she's like, y'all go run for the, Run toward the road. If the police are coming, you'll get them. And I'll try to—I'll try to distract Lou and Red and get them to chase me on this uh, what you call it, this, this—snowmobile. Uh, so she she gets on and starts to drive it out there. And they're you're chasing her. She's almost to the lake. She you know goes to swerve, but hits the hits the frozen ice. Yeah, the ice on the lake. And the snowmobile tilts over. She falls. Red's chasing her. He grabs her. And now they're hearing sirens. Well, now Red and Lou start to argue because. Turns out Eva did call the police. And so Aira's all like, do 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 kind of slowly backing away, you know? And then suddenly Red realized that he runs after her, grabs her, the ice cracks. He falls through into the lake. She tries to grab him, but he's gone under the ice. He gone. He did. He disappears, right? So she's like, oh no, you know? So she feels bad, you know? You can think about it, you know, because she... Not liked him, but you know, I don't know. Maybe she just, I mean, maybe she just didn't want anybody to die. Maybe she just felt guilty. So now here we go. Lou and Eva are together. Everybody's getting arrested. She's kind of slowly trying to make it back because she hears the ice cracking. She doesn't want to fall through and die. And my phone keeps making noises. Sorry about that. And uh, that's it. Doug helps her off the ice and she makes it. And this is the ending, y'all. It kind of just kind of like, womp, womp. It just kind of like literally screeches to a halt at the end. Come to find out the police arrested Lou and Eva. They called their parents because the phones came back up. They were worried sick. They towed the car out of the gorge or ravine where it had been uh, gone over the edge. And how it had no damage, I don't know. But it's a happy ending. It's 91. That's how things worked, I guess. And the car's working now. And so they're on the way back home. And the, the, the story ends with Doug like pulling a snowball out of the glove compartment because okay and throwing it in the backseat seat at Ariel and that's how it ends so it wasn't the best ending at all I mean it literally went from like some high action you know like with like the snowmobile chase and the and red falling through the ice and then all of a sudden bam it literally just like was done but you know you had to wrap. he had to wrap it up I feel for him I mean we were already at 165 pages you can't go much longer you know he had to he had to meet his his um uh, what do you call it? Like, not deadlines. What was the word I'm looking for? You know, like, I guess, you know, like format or whatever. Anywho, I forget what I was going to say. So that's it, y'all. I rated it four because it was good. Because, you know, I do. I mean, it gets it gets a star automatically because it's a locked room snow ski lodge mystery, which I love. But um, Goodreads rates it at 3.7. 3. So, you know, a lot of people feel that way, too. We have a lot of people out there that likes that. Um, the type of fear. It's clearly a criminal because, you know, that's the other the only other downside too about the four stars is we don't really find out like what the plan was. Like, why did they kill Jake? We don't really know that or I don't remember and I don't remember reading it. Um, Probably something about inheritance. I want to say maybe I remember something about uh, some kind of like inheritance or something going on and they had to get it. But I don't know. But I mean, it's just that. So that part of the story wasn't fleshed out too well. But, you know, it didn't matter because it wasn't about them. Damn it. It was about those. Damn shady side kids. They would have gotten away for it too had it not been for them shady side kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Scooby too. So, anywho, and but the good news though, we do have a death. Red dies. Now, granted, nobody kills him, but he does die. So that's good. So that brings us up to a total of six deaths in 10 books. So we're back above our 50%, guys. That's good. I wish we could get closer to 75 or 80%, but we'll see. We're only on book number 10. Um We also have um, to pour some out for our homie Jake who died pre-book, we'll make note of that and um, to make sure that he gets proper remembrance because he was innocent, he did nothing. But this is my favorite part. And maybe you have a guess as to who the queer is, but I am nearly positive the queer for this book is red because he just had that like, that, you know, like sidekicky, innocent, do 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 feel. Like he wasn't, I don't know, he wasn't really in that. One time he kissed um, uh, Ariel, I think it was really just to shut her up because he was realizing that she was starting to figure things out. So it was just all like, here, let me kiss her, you know, cause she was kind of been flirting with him and obviously everybody else thought that way. But Red's the queer because, you know, gay gay people can be part of criminal mastermind and criminal family gangs too. That's just how it is, you know? Crime knows no knows no um sexuality, knows no gender. That's just how it is. That's how it rolls. So there's our queer was red, and he's also dead. <laughs> dead red. <laughs> but the next the next book for next week is gonna be called The Fire Game. And I'm thinking I didn't like this one too much. I think. I'm gonna have to see when I read re- when I get back to reading it. But a little shorter episode here today. I feel like I talk super fast, but um yeah, so <sighs> a dead, a queer, and we're all trapped in skiing. I've never been skiing. I'm too afraid that I would literally break my legs. Um, you know, or I would be like poor. I don't know how to respond to that. Cause nobody was talking to you. That was not even the one on my phone that was my watch. And I love it because um I changed my Siri. Not that you um maybe you could hear, but she's now um <laughs> She's, she's got an Irish accent because why not? If somebody's gonna give me navigation and somebody's gonna tell me things when I ask them, my personal assistant is now going to be an Irish woman. So, anywho, but that is it. We're gonna wrap up at just under 30 minutes. But I hope that you enjoy this one. Happy skiing. Make sure that you don't get murdered if you're skiing and that you don't break your legs or like poor um uh, what's his face? Um, Sunny Bono, you know, like, crash into a tree. That's also my fear of skiing, is that I'll crash into a tree or break my leg. Ugh. Anywho. But, so, thanks for tuning in. See you next week, and we're in double digits, guys. Woo-woo! Whoa, whoa. So, have a great weekend. Stay queer. Bye!